0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I scream from the top of my lungs. I found back to a
1: higher ground. Yeah, I just want to
2: Welcome to
3: Higher Ground with Chris
1: Warren. I found
2: Yeah, good to evening, folks. Welcome to Higher Ground, your late night sports bar on Monday, the 22nd of November. Yeah, you know the deal. Come on up, come on up and join us up here. Pull up a stool, get uh, nice and comfortable, grab yourself a drink if you want to, and uh, let's have a chat. There is space uh, on the open line right now if you do fancy having a chat. Chris Warren with you for the next uh, few hours here on Higher Ground. And that open line number, if you do want to give me a call, feel free to do that. It's 1300 01 1170. Or you can drop a text through as well, 0457 737. 6, 7, 3, 6. and also for our listeners in New Zealand uh, through SENZ. Kia ora to you, uh, and the number for you guys, if you do want to send a text, uh, it's pretty easy. Double eight double three, simple as that. Double eight double three. Well, the Tim Payne saga rolls on. I mean, Fair Dinkum, you couldn't make this stuff up, could you? Revelations today that the staffer that he that he sent lewd pics to um, was chasing about forty thousand dollars from Cricket Australia uh, to cover her legal costs. And what about this one? Tim Payne's brother-in-law. Yes, his sister's husband was allegedly punted from his role at Cricket Tasmania for also sending um, X-rated messages to this same woman. As I say, you couldn't make it up. It's pretty twisted, isn't it? Look, all that aside, well, no, no, you can't brush it aside. Um, I think that's what Cricket Australia is being accused of doing. But if we, let's say, put that to one side for just a moment, it is good to see that Tim went out there today and uh, did well behind the stumps for a a Tassie second 11. He took six catches, um, and it is his first game for for a long, long time, since April, I think. So um, the few questions, though, that do remain... uh, Will Tim Payne be behind the stumps at the Gabba on December 8th? Will he be? Should he be? You tell me. Will Pat Cummins be the captain on December 8th at the Gabba? Will he be? Should he be? <laughs> you tell me. And who bats at number five? Was it Kawaja, Travis Head? Someone else? Again? You tell me. Let me know what you think. 0457 736 736. That is the text line. Um, Brandon Smith, I see he's still weighing up his options. Um, the cheese. Uh, the Dolphins, Cowboys, and Titans have all apparently tabled their offers for the, uh, the Storm hooker. Um, his last stopover, though, is Bondi. He is due to have dinner this week with Roosters coach Trent Robinson at Trent's home. And I tell you what if anyone can uh, can smooth things over and and sell the club and sell the the grand visions that um that Trent and Nick Politis have I reckon that could be a very important dinner at Robbo's home and this would be not for next year but for the year after next uh, when it's you know, quite obvious isn't it he won't be at Melbourne storm but you know it's a bit it's a bit rich too isn't it and you might have thoughts on this as well it's a little bit rich isn't it given Given what transpired with Brandon and uh, Cameron and another player as well after uh, after the season, uh, well, I can't say drugs, can I? I? I can say the white powder. Do you, do you remember the white powder incident? There seems to have been little contrition, really, uh, from his part. Um, and here he is parading himself up and down the east coast of Australia and looking for the, the highest bidder. Basically, it just doesn't seem to sit right with me. But anyway, look, it's business as usual. Business goes on and um, money talks. Mitchell Pierce, I see he's going to be training, talking of the Roosters, he's going to be training with the Roosters until he heads uh, over to France. And, uh, of course, he won a premiership with the Chooks. He was there for a long, long time and still has very close friends friendships there. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Newcastle fans, he's no longer with you. Um, you okay with him training with the Roosters? I guess there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, Maybe I'm overacting. I tend to do that. Kieran Foran. Um, Now, I'm seeing he's being maybe shopped around or could be an option for Newcastle as a replacement for Mitchell Pearce. Maybe even the West Tigers um, could throw their hat in the ring or may even be doing that for Kieran Foran. What are your thoughts on that? Manly fans, do you want to keep him at Brookvale? No question, he plays his best football under Desi Hasler, but... He's been, other than this year, years gone by, he's been, he's had a horrendous run with injury and probably spent more time off the field than on it. Not so this year, did really, really well. But can he go around for another couple of years injury-free? In motorsport, wet and wild weekend out Western Sydney way, wasn't it? Eastern Creek, Shane Van Gisbergen has wrapped up the V8 Supercars Championship with just the Bathurst 1000 remaining on the calendar. Uh, the Kiwi driver joins 13 other greats of the sport to win multiple titles in supercars, having also won the uh, the championship in 2016. Now, in Formula One, the, uh, the driver's championship is still very much alive with Lewis Hamilton uh, refusing to give up on his chase of current championship leader Max Verstappen. Uh, Hamilton led from start to finish to claim the Qatar Grand Prix uh, with two races, I think it is, still remaining there um we're going to be talking motorsport we're going to be talking cricket we're going to be talking football we'll talk a bit of boxing as well um no looksy brooksy too he was going to join me yesterday um but he went missing he went missing brooksy i think he had a big weekend on the punt too um we'll talk to no looksy brooksy because he is our um well he's our nba expert nba expert so Big drama today, too, with LeBron James. I'll talk to Brooksy about all that. Uh, I might have said NFL. The quarterback's going to join us to talk uh, NFL. Uh, he went missing, too, yesterday. I believe he was out on the harbour or Pittwater or something, um, rubbing shoulders with the hoi polloi, and he, he dumped me. So I'll have to chat to the quarterback and catch up with all that's happening in the world of American football. So I'd love to hear from you. You should be part of the show. Feel free to pick up that phone right now. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, one or you can drop us a text. You can talk about anything. We don't have to talk about cricket. We don't have to talk about football. Let me know how you're doing. Where are you listening into? Did you have a good weekend? What's in store for the week to come? I'm here on my Pat Malone tonight. Um... That's right, yeah, the mad Russian. He's gone. He's been gone for the whole weekend. He went down south coast, I believe, holding hands with his lovely lady. Hasn't been heard, hasn't been heard of or from and not sighted. Gone missing in action. So I'm here by myself. Keep me company. It's a lonely bar when you're on the stool by yourself. So uh, pull up a, a stool, grab yourself a drink, and let's get down to business. Welcome to Higher Ground. Yes, indeed. Uh, welcome to Higher Ground. Thanks for, for, for joining us. Hope you've enjoyed your Monday. It's got to be the worst day of the week, hasn't it, uh, Monday? But I hope you've had a lovely day and uh, you're here with me for the next three hours. Uh, you know the deal. Um, pull up a chair and uh, make yourself company. We've got a, about 10 or 12 people in the, uh, the live studio audience uh, are here, but I don't know if they're here or not. I, they're very, very, very quiet indeed our live studio audience so you guys just uh, make yourselves make yourselves comfortable and uh, we'll do our best to keep you entertained that text line that will be working 0457 736, 736 so look get involved if you want to have a chat pick up the phone and give me give me a call love to uh, have your company because as i said the mad russian's gone missing as sometimes russians do but um i know he's madly in love and and i hope he does come back and and join us on higher ground it's just not the same without him so um i am extending uh, like i always do but but tonight um i'm in need of your help i really am i want your company i want you to pick up the phone I want you to have your say, and it can be on anything. As I said, it doesn't have to be sport, but uh, let's keep it to sport. It might be easier. If you've got some problems you want to share, uh, like Tim the Tool Man, he, he sometimes has a few problems, but he um, I don't know if he's listening in tonight. Steve from Padstow, you're out there, mate, always tuning in. Hyington versus Leilua, that's worth the entry fee right there. Go Hino, Stevie from Padstow, uh, talking about that upcoming uh, well, double header, isn't it? Ninth and tenth of of uh, December, is it? I think up there um, in Newcastle, Harry Garcia will also be making his professional debut, and Chris Hyington, he can throw them too. He can throw them, by the way, Chrissy Hyington. Uh, Timmy the Toolman. I'm here. Uh, I'm over the Tim Payne BS already. I guess we all probably are. So if you're listening and you're you're a regular, keep those texts coming through. I I love to know my audience. Uh, I love to know the sample that I'm talking to so I can um, look if I'm talking to some really clever uh, people, I'll try and upscale my own intellect for the next few hours. But if it's just the likes of Toolman and Stevie Boy and Reptile might be tuning in, we can just talk uh, off the cuff um so to speak. Rugby league wise there we'll talk we will talk, um by the way, we will talk Timmy Payne stuff because um that's just an ongoing ongoing story. Um and each hour that passes there's new information that comes to light. And I, I woke up this morning and I, I gotta be honest, I, I'm no way in the world. Are you serious? You couldn't write this stuff if you tried. So and I, and I touched on it just earlier there. I mean His his brother-in-law, can you believe it? His brother-in-law, married to Tim's sister, he also uh, allegedly, right, I will say allegedly, got busted sending X-rated material or comments um, to the former staffer uh, at Cricket Tasmania, who we also now know, or allegedly, was trying to get 40000 from Cricket Australia to help cover what she says was um, legal bills. Oh, it's all really murky. What I do know, and without going through all the detail, um, and like Tim the Tillman man has, has said, uh, we're a bit over it, aren't we? But sadly, this will go on and on and on for the next 16 days or so because that's how long away the first GABA test is. And that then leads me to the question, which I've been asking listeners over the weekend on Sports Central. Does Tim play the Gabba test? December 8, will he be behind the stumps? Is he the best keeper batsman we have got? That's one question. Now that he's not captain, can he hold his own on his batting averages, test averages and what he does behind the stumps? I'm going to listen to a number of um, other people in the world of cricket, the likes of one of the best keepers we've had, Ian Healy. I want to hear from him as well. I'm going to hear from others, uh, Trent Copeland um, and other people that have spoken uh, on our networks uh, today, and they all have their thoughts. Healy not just on Payne, but on the next captain. So I don't think Tim Payne can have his mind on the job, if I'm honest with you. I don't know how he's going to do it. But there are smarter brains than me running the show. I just don't know how he's going to do it. Equally, so I don't think, I don't know how Pat Cummins is going to be the Pat Cummins that we love and rely on. One of our, one of our attack dogs with the ball. Is that going to detract from Pat Cummins bowling? A pace bowler. Also burdened with the responsibility of leading the team. Sorry? Yeah, you're right. It hasn't happened for about 60 years um, or more, a pace bowler. Lindwall, when was that? Back in the 50s or 60s. I'm not quite sure. And there's probably a good reason why pace bowlers have not made the captaincy ranks. Um, and, and, And again, I don't know as much as a lot of these people and probably you as well about test cricket and how selections go. And how the captaincy is handed out. But again, I'll say it here. I think the safest bet, given we're just a couple of weeks out from the first Ashes test. This is an Ashes test, I'll remind you. Okay? I think the safest bet would be to bring Steve Smith back. He's done his time. But maybe there are other things going on behind the scenes that you and I are not aware of. Um, let us know what you think about all of that via the text line 0457 736, 736. a lot of rugby league news about so we will uh, comb through all that as well um Canterbury Bulldogs um they I believe have identified the staff member who, who leaked the Viliami Kikau um signing the photograph We'll, we'll talk a bit more about that. This is an article by Dean Ritchie on The Telegraph as well. Um, Kieran Foran, it's believed then that uh, there may be interest for Foran from Newcastle and West Tigers. Talking of West Tigers, Josh Hodgson's move to the West Tigers. Paul Crawley, again from The Telegraph, is writing it's on the verge of collapse. We'll go through some of those stories as well breaking news i guess it is too and i'll thank um i'll thank gibbo for bringing this to my attention uh gold coast titans forward tino fasu malawi has declared he will be a titan long term with the 21 year old signing a contract extension today that will keep him at the club until the end of 2026 so there you go big tino hands off him he's going to be a titan long term uh, Cronulla Sharks, I believe, have every reason to be uh, pretty optimistic, don't they? Uh, going into next season, uh, they have a handful of new players joining the club. Nico Hines is uh, that keen. He he got there, I think, a week earlier and he spoke today. We'll hear from uh, Nico shortly, in fact. Who will partner Nico Hines in the halves? He says he wants to wear number six. He's played every position under the sun at Melbourne Storm. Uh, Matt Moylan. Braden Trindle, Luke Metcalf, among those who uh, might partner uh, Nico Hines in the halves. You've got a new coach in Craig Fitzgibbon. Everything I hear about this man is good. And uh, he will be handed his NRL coaching debut. Other players that will be uh, out there at Sharky's Land, Dale Finucane, an enormous player with enormous experience and respect in the game. Matic Cavalu joins the club as well. And, and don't forget Cam McGuinness. Um, he'll be playing for the Sharkies as well, among others. So things are looking pretty good, I think, um, for the Sharkies going into next season. I've got some, uh, some recordings here from uh, Grabs played today. Um, and I'm just not sure if they are going to play. We'll try and listen to Nico Hines. If it doesn't work, well, we will take a break. I don't think I can play it there. Let's have a listen to Nico Hines now. He spoke today, and as I say, he arrived at the club about a week early. I think so. You don't want to put
3: expectations on on this team because then we'll be let down if we we do that right now. But, you know, that's the goal. Uh, The end goal is everyone wants to win a premiership and play finals footy, and I've been very fortunate enough to do that at at the Melbourne Storm. Um, So, you know, hopefully I can... me and Dale uh, can bring some, you know, some of those leadership qualities that we had there to, to make this team into a winning team. And you, know, you, you look at the roster; it's very young and exciting. Um, they played some great footy towards the back end of the year. I believe they should have been there um, in the eight this year. So yeah, we're going to be working as hard as we can this, this preseason, going into to next year, and then um, you know, hopefully we get to that,
0: that finals footy.
2: Yes, well, there you are, Nico Hines. So um, he's keen, isn't he? Keen as mustard to go. And, and you know what? I can understand him too because at Melbourne Storm, uh, and you know, and, and, and again, credit to Melbourne Storm, how often do we say this and, and weigh in, join the conversation via text. Melbourne Storm under Craig Bellamy, is there a club anywhere that seems to be able to turn no-name players and no disrespect meant, but players that we had never really heard of? You know, a few years ago, we'd never heard of Nico Heinz. But he comes into the Melbourne system, and now he's one of the stars of the NRL and uh, goes from next to nothing at Melbourne Storm. I'm, ter- I'm talking in, in terms of Ching Ching. And now he's on big, big dollar, a marquee signing, if you like, with Cronulla Sharks. But then he, he also sort of exploded the myth or, or quashed the myth that players from the Storm... Don't seem to be able to kick on when they leave the storm system and go to other clubs. Well, Nico Hines is very much prepared to uh, to blow that myth um, well and truly sky high. Blow it out of the water, um, so to speak. But things are looking good, aren't they? Cronulla fans, get in touch with me. Are you optimistic about next year? I tell you what, you've got a good one, though. You really have got a good one in Nico Hines. Uh, just back on the uh, the Canterbury Bulldogs. So uh, this is an article written by Dean Ritchie of the Telegraph. The Bulldogs uh, employee who controversially released a photo of uh, Penrith player Viliami Kikau wearing a Bulldogs polo has been identified and faces the sack. Well, I was saying this yesterday. I don't know what size shoe Gus Gould wears. Um, and in the old days, if you're my age, you'll uh, remember the sale of the century, the Julius Marlowe's. Uh, I think someone was about to get a kick up the backside and it looks like they have identified that, uh, that person who might well be wearing the imprint of Gus Gould's uh, size 11, Julius Marlowe, on, uh, on his backside. News Corp can reveal uh, a male staff member was hauled in for disciplinary meetings with Leagues Club Management and HR on Monday afternoon, so this afternoon. So this is all very fresh. Uh, a final decision is expected to be reached Tomorrow. Yeah, good luck, whoever you are. Uh, it is becoming increasingly likely the employee will be terminated immediately, pending legal advice. Well, I was talking about this yesterday, and uh, it looks like they've found their their person uh, because Gus has come out of this looking pretty bad. In fact, the Bulldogs Club has come out of this one looking pretty bad indeed. Not a good look at all. Why they even needed to put Viliami in a Bulldogs uh, shirt this far out, still... Um, well not even pre-season training he's still got a season to run at Panthers and it all came out uh, coincidentally coincidentally for you conspiracy theorists out there it came out the same day that Penrith were having their grand final premiership celebrations and Canterbury Bulldogs came out of this one it was a it was a, a PR disaster for them so uh, they will, I'm sure, set an example, and it sounds like they have found the person responsible, and he or she, uh, soon we'll be uh, heading out the exit door at Belmore. You're listening to Higher Ground with me, Chris Warren. Get involved with the show, 1300 01 1170. If you want to pick up the line and have your say or keep that text line fired up, I'm here for the next couple of hours or so, right up until midnight, 0457 736 736. A break and back with more. Yes, it is higher ground and great to have your company tonight. Uh, wherever you might be listening uh, to, send me a text. Let me know where you are, uh, where you're tuning in. Uh, great to have your company. I, I know they probably do have bigger audiences right throughout the day. Uh, breakfast with Vossi and mornings with Maddie and afternoons with Jimmy Smith. Um, but through the nights, we've got a, a, a regular group out there that generally tune in. So, again, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Um, our live studio audience have been very... Very, very quiet. Where, where have they been? I tell you what, haven't they? They've been very... Yeah, I know. Um, now, we have regulars listening in, like toolmans out there. Uh, Hillary sent me a text. I'll get to that in a moment. Hillstorm. Um, over... Who are the stevies out there as well? I'm here. I'm here, Chris Stevie from Padstow. You're not alone, buddy. Keep them coming through. Let me know who is listening. Look, generally, um, we have 10 or 20 on a good night here. It's a bit like... Big Norm on the stool at Cheers, you know, where everyone knows your name. These guys here, I sort of have got to know them throughout the rugby league season higher ground on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and they've basically said to me, you know, Hutchie and the the, the crew here there so just keep keep going, keep doing it. Um, he likes he likes the interaction, he likes the crowd, and he, he, he said he loves the the live studio audience and generally gives us a couple of couple of uh, drink vouchers. Um, for me to hand out. So I've got them here, and you make your way down, and I'll be able to. It's a bit difficult without a mad rush in here because I can't really pour the drinks and run all these things as well at the same time. But I'll tell you what, I'll do my darndest. Is Snake in the house? No, here, right? <laughs> i tell you what, the regulars are in. I don't have uh, dingoes right around. Down. Dingo. Where's dog's breath? Is dog's breath here? He's normally up the- back, oh, there. He is up the back. All right. Well, we're in. We're in. Uh, we're here. We're good. Everything's right now. I was just a bit worried uh, that they were being a little bit quiet up there, but they're here. I'm here, and our listeners are here as well. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. It's a little bit silly, isn't it? But just let me go there, okay? I'm just having a bit of fun in here because I haven't been doing this for long. You know that. If you're a regular to the show, I haven't been panel op for a while, and they're sort of teaching me on the run. So I can just hit whatever um, button I want, um, you know, like a heckling crowd. There. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. sit down, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Settle down. You know what I mean? It's quite uh, quite dangerous. Really. I could push any button in here. It's like um, the cockpit of a, a big plane. And most of these buttons, I'll be honest with you, I don't know what they do. So if things go tits up, uh, don't worry about it. Would we'll just, just ride along with me and enjoy the next few hours. I, I will talk some serious stuff along the way. Hillstorm here. Evening, WAH. And uh, for new listeners, WAH is, is my nickname. Chris Warren is my name. And WAH, uh, my football coach, had a stutter uh, back at West Magpies way back when at Campbelltown, uh, way before the new stadium was there. And he had a stutter, my reserve grade coach out there. And, and wah, he couldn't say Warren very well. Um, efficiently, so I got stuck with wah Hillstorm here, only a month into the off season, and I am way over bloody cricket BS and <laughs> and uh, pictures of appendages. Shall we say? Uh, crazy NRL daily news is interesting, and uh, would love to see how salary caps are being spent, especially under sombreros. Well, maybe how salary caps are being bent. Uh, under sam- sombreros, if that might make sen- sense, uh, Hillstorm. But, you know, we can't say that. We don't know that for sure. It just does seem that the Roosters um, do generally have a very darn strong squad to choose from. Swimming with dolphins and chased by bulldogs. Okay, <laughs> yes. Thank you, uh, Hillary Hillstorm. So, Brandon Smith is doing the rounds isn't he he's been up to uh, dolphin territory he's he's talked with the cowboys uh so he's being he's being wooed by wayne bennett we believe he's being chased by the bulldogs and it looks like he's going to be um wined and dined wined and dined by roosters coach trent robinson i believe i'm not quite sure um what day this week that will happen uh, but that'd be quite nice, wouldn't it? That'd be quite nice. R- Robbo's place. I don't know where Robbo lives, but I reckon I reckon it'd be good. What would be on the menu? Well, clearly we know. I reckon it'd be a pretty healthy menu, wouldn't it? It'd be pretty healthy indeed. If you go to Rob Tret Robinson's house, he'd put on a good spread. And he coached over there in the south of France, didn't he, uh, Robbo? So I reckon there'd be a bit of maybe a bit of a French influence um french influence to the menu i don't know you might have your that that, what's a three-course meal that trent robinson is going to serve up to um to brandon smith to try and woo him to the club i reckon it might have uh, a french influence on it come on then something you can send me a text in let's get creative what will be on the menu when robbo and does robbo do the cooking i reckon he'd be a decent cook robbo i can see him in the kitchen with the with the chef's sort of uh, apron on? Nothing else? No, of course you'd have others. One thing, definitely, I know what the uh, the third or the fourth course would, would be, and that goes without saying, doesn't it? It would have to be cheese, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes. I would have thought so, too. We'll talk more rugby league as well, but send those. What do you think will be on the menu? When the cheese goes round to Robbo's this week. And I don't think Uncle Nick, Uncle Nick will be there. Uncle Nick's on holidays where do you reckon Uncle Nick goes for holidays? Um, Nick Politis. I reckon he'd go to the Italian Riviera. Has anyone been there? Oh, how good is it? You guys up the back been there? The Riviera. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Down around uh, Portofino, just beautiful. Santa Margarita, just around the corner there. Oh, idyllic. And not too expensive either. Um... All right, we will talk more regularly. I do want to talk some cricket, though, uh, Hillstorm, and I'm sorry. Uh, I am sorry. And uh, who's this coming in now? Come in, spinner, the tool man. Who says you can't teach old dogs new tricks while with the panel operating? Well done. Thank you, brother. No, doing my best. And if you want to come in here, um, you haven't been here, actually, Timmy, the tool man. This is here waiting for you. That's the Bundy that's waiting here for you, mate. If you do want to come down and, and join the live studio audience at some point, uh, Make yourself at home. Sorry. Right. Let's go. Cricket. Um, I do want to talk a little bit of cricket. Now, what's happening with Tim Payne other than other than the embarrassment and, and he's getting dragged through, and, and I feel for his partner or wife as well, um, it's just awful. I want the guy to get on with playing cricket. I really do. And I hope we haven't seen the last of Tim Payne. And he's putting his hand up, and he wants desperately to play Um. In the first Ashes Test, December 8, Gabba. He went out there today playing for Tasmania, second uh, second 11 Tasmanian team against South, South Australia, I think it was. And he took six catches. Played really well. But I just don't know how he's going to block it out. I really don't know how he's going to block it out if, if he is selected. And can he be selected purely on his glove work alone? And, and his batting, so not just his glove work. Is he the best keeper we've got? But these days... Does being the best keeper we've got, I don't think that's enough, is it, to get you into the team? You've got to have a very, very healthy middle order batting average or like Gilly, much better than average. Another man that um, I always love listening to what he's got to say, and I haven't heard this, so this is a first for me today. I was doing other stuff um, today. Ian Healy, though. Let's have a listen to what Healy's had to say on Tim Payne behind the stumps. Yes, he's fine as a gloveman, no question, and
5: uh, as a batsman batting at number seven. So he'll hold that position down um, comfortably enough as he has done for a number of years. Um, But we're not going to lose too much by going to Carey at 30 years of age. Um, I don't think he deserves... He's done anything to not be the one that gets put in, Um, and we'll get uh, enough time out of him. We'll get it. Five or six years out of him uh, if he if he plays well, so so that's long term enough. Um, I just uh, yeah I, I I don't know whether he didn't want to be a distraction. He's going to still be a distraction in that team effort. Um, so maybe Tim himself won't want to be selected.
2: Well, maybe not, um, but I think Tim has said that he, he he's desperate to play, and, and he showed today that, you know, he's he's happy to have the gloves back on. He hadn't played since April. I mean, that was the other thing, too. Forget even before um, – I was going to say what Hillary said there. I won't call it D-picks came out. Even before all this stuff came out, there were some that were thinking, you know what, maybe he's not the right man for the job. Um. You know, and and I was sort of not one of them, but I was just I was asking the question as well. But I just don't know how he's going to focus. I, I really don't. Um, let, let's hear again from Healy because I, I will take a break shortly, um, and we'll talk more cricket after the break. Ian Healy again, though. This is not so much on pain uh, and his ability behind behind the stumps, but we talk about the next captain. And I'm not close to any of this. I don't know what's going on in the background. I think it would be just such a, an easy move uh, to bring Steve Smith back as captain, but it looks like Pat Cummins already has the job. Let's hear again from Heels on the next Aussie cricket captain.
3: Heels, who, who replaces him as skipper in, in your view, is it Pat Cummins? Is he like an yeah. automatic step up?
5: Yeah, uh, it's not automatic. Um, I think there's a lot to be considered with that one, but I hope I'm I'm quite excited about him getting a go, uh, and and uh, you know the. It mightn't be a long-term thing. We'll, we'll find that it's a bit hard at times when when his workloads get up there and he really needs a game off. He, he can't have it. So so that that sort of fast bowling rotation's got to go out the window if if he's the captain. So, mm. uh, I, but I'm excited for Paddy to have a go at that and to, to see how far he can take it. Certainly got the support of the cricket world and his team. Um, and then the vice captain. I'm thinking our best option is Osman Um because Pat might get injured, right? So what happens if he gets injured, and we need someone to captain? Um, I don't need. I don't know whether we need an absolute rookie, uh, you know, vice captain that has to step up, or Steve Smith being that distraction that Tim Payne didn't want to be. So I, I think I'd go us an experienced stopgap position um, in case Pat has to, has to uh, have a match or two off.
2: Well, that's the problem. In case he has to have a match or two off. And let's be honest, I think one of our strike bowlers, our quicks, will definitely um, be rested. And they'll probably all get rested for, for one game. You would have thought, maybe, throughout the series, wouldn't you? Um, and someone's just sent this text in as well. What about Nathan Lyon? You know what? I said the same thing at the weekend. I got laughed down uh, by a few people, but I haven't got a problem with a spin bowler. And Nathan Ly- the thing about a captain, they have got to be an automatic selection first up, right? True? Agree. So is Nathan Lyon? Yes, he is. Um, and I just, think, I think it's too arduous for a quick bowler. But what would I know? Heels thinks that Paddy Cummins could do it, but he did say, what if he gets injured? What if he's rested the, the bowling rotation? What do you do then? And then he said, well, maybe then the vice-captain steps up. Well, who's the vice-captain? Does anyone really ever ever care who the vice-captain is? Well, Paddy Cummins was the vice-captain, wasn't he? Um, and he said Usman Khawaja. But Usman Khawaja is not an automatic selection just yet, is he? Usman has got to force his way into the number five spot firstly, and then maybe he definitely could be considered as a, as a vice-captain. But you hear me? Oh, that's why I think, hey, just get Steve Smith give him the captaincy again. I just don't know what, what the problem or the, the stumbling block might be. Rehu who is behind the stumps, if Tim Payne is not behind the stumps, and there are you know, several sort of options uh, doing, doing the rounds at the moment. Um, it would appear that Alex Carey has probably got his nose in front at the moment. Uh, then Josh Inglis uh, hasn't made his debut either yet. He's... He's in there. Matthew Wade has not been included, though. This is the problem. He has not been included um, in that 15-man squad. And and that squad was for the first couple of tests. And mind you, look, they can make the rules up on the run if they want. I'm sure they could just sing, hey, Wade, he come back. And Steve uh, here, I think Stevie said, behind the stumps, you need someone vocal. Um, You need Wade. Or you need a Tim Payne. And you're right, they both are vocal. Anyway, you might have your thoughts on all of that. We'll talk a whole lot more cricket uh, when we return. You are listening to Higher Ground. Keep those text messages coming through. Um, I enjoy the company. And I'm asking you, too, if, if, um, if Brandon Smith is dining out at Trent Robinson's this week as Robbo tries to impress with his cooking and culinary delights, what would the cheese be eating at Robbo's house this week? in order for um, them to smooth him over, smooch him. Uh, Tim the Toolman says, snails and frogs' legs. Yeah, I can see that too at Robbo's uh, For the Cheese. This is Higher Ground. Bit more cricket when we return. This is Higher Ground with Chris Warren. Well, time now to talk about, uh, well, the biggest story to hit Australian cricket since, I guess, Sandpaper Gate, uh, Tim Payne. He was thrown into the position, wasn't he, as captain after the scandal in South Africa. And now, uh, just like the former captain, Steve Smith, He breaks down in tears as he relinquishes the captaincy. As we all know by now, Payne quit as uh, Aussie test captain on Friday after details of an explicit uh, image and a a string of, if you like, lewd messages were sent to a uh, a former colleague in November 27. Uh, Those details became public. That's what, uh, I guess, brought this to a head. The big question is, why has the governing body not done something about this prior to now? Payne does intend to play in the first Ashes test on the December 8th at the Gabba, but will he? Um, he declared that he would still be available to retain his role as wicketkeeper batter, but um, I guess putting the ball in the court of selectors now. George Bailey, who he played in front of today, it must be said as well. Um, Justin Langer and, and Tony Dottomade as well. Whether he is the best batsman keeper that we've got or not, I just personally don't see how he can possibly remain focused while all this stuff is going on. That said... As I say, he did pretty well today in his first match, uh, I think, uh, since April. Joining us on the line uh, now from Code Sports, which is officially up and running, and we've spoken to him a few times before, it is uh, Lachlan McCurdy. Lachlan, thanks very much for joining us, mate. How are you doing?
0: Very well, thanks, Chris. Yeah, you, you summed it well. It's, it's been a massive week in cricket, and there's barely been any actual cricket to watch. It's all been yeah. happening off the field, but yeah, there's a lot going on.
2: And I, I don't know. I don't know where you sit on this. Uh, and we've had talkback lines. We've had texters coming in. Um, whether or not he's he's done the right thing. I, I guess he has done the right thing. Uh, you can't be the captain. Uh, I don't think, as he rightly points out, Tim Payne, um, it, it doesn't sort of uphold or adhere to the standards uh, of what people expect from the captain of our country. But I mean, for him still be able to play. I guess that is a problem, and many of his other teammates and former cricketers have come out and said, "Listen, don't don't throw too many stones at this bloke. We've all done things we've been you know embarrassed about in the past. Um, it was ages ago. Let's play on." But the fact that it's it's come to a head now, and the fact that Cricket Australia have only really got involved um, because they knew it was going to be out there in the public domain—that's what people have got their you know raised eyebrows about. Why wasn't something done? Um, a couple of years ago or at at first when this all came to light?
0: I think that's the big question everyone's been asking. Obviously, there was the shock of, I guess, what had actually transpired and those sort of things. But I feel like most people have kind of moved on from that, especially because Payne did the right thing in terms of coming forward in that circumstance, knowing that it was about to become public. Mm. But the questions have definitely been put towards Cricket Australia and why nothing was done and obviously there was a a press conference over the weekend with chairman Richard Fordenstein and CEO Nick Hockley and Mm. they kind of took a really half-hearted approach either way they were just trying to sit on the fence they kind of went oh look we weren't in charge back then so it was Mm. up to the the body and the executive that were in charge then but at the same time they in that same press conference they said if we were in charge then he wouldn't have become captain so they kind of dug themselves a hole in that regard. And to your point on whether he should remain in the team, uh, I one of the questions I actually put to them was that, and it's not necessarily something I believe, but mm. just in many workplaces, across the country, if this sort of thing happened, mm. there'd be a fair chance that employment would be ended. And, and instead of that, they'd kind of said, look, the captain is held to a higher mm. a higher standard than the rest of the team, so that's why he stepped down as captain. But does that then mean if you're just a player, you can get away with this sort of stuff? It, it just feels like a lot of mixed messaging that we're hearing at the moment.
2: No, you're right. Exactly right. And um, and also, you know, OK, but but when the current... They may not have been presiding over what happened way back when, but they've been there for a couple of years. So when when this became apparent to them, they could have acted then, couldn't they? I'm talking about the current chairman and the current boss, you know. Something could have been done about that. But no, they just sort of, I guess, were sort of playing Russian roulette with it for a while, hoping that that it wouldn't come out in the public domain. And uh, well, well, now it has. And I guess they're probably, um, well, they are. They, They should have done something sooner than they did.
0: Definitely. I mean, I mean, we saw a statement come out in the last 24 hours from the chairman of Cricket Australia at the time, David Peaver, kind of saying that mm. the, the decision kind of shows a knee-jerk reaction and is showing double standards. And because the sort of findings at the time sort of they said they should support Payne, he, he's been astounded that they haven't supported them now. And to a certain extent, while Payne has made the decision himself, by coming out and saying, oh, we wouldn't have, made him captain if we'd known everything we'd know now or if we were in charge that's not showing much support and when you've got a code of conduct that apparently cleared in that said these messages were consensual and that because of that he was allowed to stay captain by now going back and saying oh no we shouldn't have done that at the time and it's kind of really strange because it's essentially saying their current code of conduct which hasn't changed since mm. Payne was investigated over these messages is not fit for purpose, and at the same time, they're not admitting to make or that they need to make any changes to it. So, I think for a lot of people, Payne, yes, what he did was wrong, he admitted that, and I think he, he's admitted that really well. And while that shouldn't be spoken down about, that more of the questions are going to be put to Cricket Australia, and I don't think this is going to go away anytime soon.
2: No, and you're right, the former former chairman, Peeva, um, peeved, peeved, uh, uh, mm. and that would be an understatement. So, yeah. um Do you think he will be there December 8th, Tim Payne?
0: I think so for the Gabba test. He's obviously Mm -hmm. in that squad. And, I mean, we saw him play in that Tasmania second-11 game against South Australia today. took six catches, so he's looking sharp behind the stumps, which uh, that was my main concern that I I think just with the lack of match fitness, that was always going to be a problem leading into such a big series, but you can get this game under his belt. If you can get it, maybe one or two more games for Tasmania. And then there'll obviously be the Australia inter-squad game at the start of December. If he's looking okay, then, then I wouldn't be surprised for him to line up on that first Ashes test on December 8th. But if he's there, the whole series, who knows? Because suddenly his position is a lot more insecure because as captain, you're next to untroppable unless things go really wrong. Mm. And as soon as that's stripped away from him, you go, okay, suddenly he's been marked just on his batting and just on his wicket-keeping. And I think his batting has actually been all right for Australia in the last few years. I think his average has been above 35 or so for the last two seasons, but particularly that series against India, I mean, you look back at that Sydney test, there are a couple of drop chances, and they were just... It wasn't his best test behind the stumps, and that's what he's going to be marked on now, and that when you've got guys like Alec Carey and Josh Inglis there going, hey, look, we're really good options or mm. alternatives for Justin Langer, he's going to be forced to look at that a little bit more than he has been previously. Um,
2: okay. Now, who um, is captain? It looks like Pat Cummins will be captain. I've been saying for, for the past few days, I, I don't know why they're not going to give it back to Steve Smith, but it looks like Cummins will be captain. And, and how he manages that with, uh, with the high workload of a, a pace bowler is yet to be seen.
0: Yeah, that is going to be very interesting. Uh, I tend to think that it's all just happened too soon for Steve Smith to be given any chance of the captaincy, and especially when you've got a captain that stepped down in these circumstances, that they're not going to go back to the captain before who also had to step down. So I think that's really going to play into Cummins' favour for Mm. this decision. And I I think it's going to become a no-brainer. He's been vice-captain for a while now. He's got that experience. And especially if the likes of Payne and Smith are still going to be in the team, he's going to lean on them a fair bit. I think that'll be a good way to get him into the role. But in terms of workload, it was really interesting. Um, I mean... Mike hussey actually spoke um, wrote about it for us at code in the last twenty four hours and sort of said, mm. if he's going to be in the role as captain and as a bowler, it means he's going to miss maybe a few more white ball games. he's not going to be that fully fledged three format player that he is at the moment and to be honest, I don't think that's the worst thing when you've got a fastball. You don't want them to be too strenuous. We obviously saw that he took that big break in the middle of the year to be with his family. He didn't go back to the IPL. He didn't go to the West Indies. He didn't go to Bangladesh. And mm. he bowled well in the World Cup as a result. So I think it could be a routine. And and yeah, I, I don't have a problem with him not playing every single match if it means he's going to be at his best and he's going to captain in test matches because I think Finchy is going to keep the skipper role for White mm. Ball for some time to come.
2: All right, mate, Uh, I'm talking to Lockie McCurdy from Code Sports, all things cricket at the moment. Uh, Just quickly, buddy, on on Sheffield Shield, so day Mm. three at the SCG, New South Wales uh, against Victoria. How's that placed?
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. Obviously, it's disappointing. We we didn't get any play on day two yesterday, so we made up for a bit of lost time today. Uh, Victoria, 271 all out after New South Wales got to 233. And Travis Dean, someone who was mentioned or floated around as that sort of Ashes Bolter three, four years ago. And he's kind of gone into the wilderness a little bit, but he's come back with a really good century for Victoria. And now New South Wales are 2 for 75, a lead of 38. I think Mm. Curtis Patterson, Moses Henrique are still at the crease. And it's going to be interesting to see whether they... I mean, New South Wales have lost both their games, so I'm sure they'd give nothing... Like They'd be more than happy to take a draw away and get some points on the board. But... Yeah, it's hard to see a a win going either way on this final day unless there's a big batting collapse in the morning.
2: Mm. All right, mate, we'll have to leave it there. We're running a little bit short of time, but once again, I just want to say thank you, buddy, for coming in. And Code Sports all looks good, and uh, I look forward to having a longer association with you guys.
0: Thanks so much, Chris. Yeah, I'm sure we'll
2: chat soon. Great stuff. Thank you, mate. There is Lockie McCurdy from Code Sports. This is Higher Ground. You bet it is coming up to, uh, well, almost the stroke of 10 o'clock. Great to have your company. Thanks for for listening in. I hope you're enjoying the show. Uh, A lot of it's cricket. A lot of it's rugby league. Um, We'll be talking a bit of NBA later on as well. Some big drama in the NBA. And no looksy brooksy. He's still out there slaving away. He's doing some overtime, so he might jump in the studio and have a chat with me a bit later on. And the quarterback, I'm going to get him on the dog and bone and have a, ch- a chat about what's, uh, what's going on in the world of American football as well. Keep those texts coming through. I can see quite a few there. I haven't read them already. Uh, Wombat, I know you're listening, mate. Thank you. Good to hear from you as well. Uh, and make sure you put your name on them, guys. Girls, I, I want to read them out, but I'd like to give you credit for what you uh, have to say. I'm asking uh, Brandon Smith, when he goes to Trent Robinson's house this week, uh, believing uh, Robbo's going to ha- have him over for dinner and uh, sell the uh, uh, the reasons why he should be going to uh, the Roosters in 2023. Uh, a high-class cheese platter at Robo's. We're, we're asking you what will be on the menu. Uh, on the line one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. If you want to pick up the phone and have your say, Harry has done just that. Good evening, Harry.
6: Good day, Chris. Hey, Alex, Kurt. He's got to go in as wicked keeper batsman, mate. He's the cleanest hitter of a ball that I've seen since Adam Gilchrist.
2: Well, a lot of people would agree with you, Harry, and he is. I think he is the front runner.
6: Yeah, well, um, Tim Payne's done nothing for four years. I was screaming out to have him sacked about three years ago. He's well, saw I think nothing.
2: He's a he's, he's a good keeper. He wasn't so good um, in the last uh, series against India, really. But his test average, I think, is around the thirty-two mark, which. Is not doesn't make you an automatic selection, does it? Re alex Carey, he's played... I'm looking at his stats. They look pretty good. He obviously hasn't made his test debut, but he's played uh, 45 one-day internationals and 38 T20 since uh, January 2018. And his glove work... Um, well, those that know more than me, like probably yourself, his glove work is very tidy.
6: Oh, very tidy. I saw Payne fumble a few...
2: Well, they all do, and, and and even the best fumbled a few. But it's consistency, isn't it? Um, when it becomes more than a few, that's when uh, that's when it becomes a, a a real a real problem. Harry, you're out Belmore Way, aren't you? Are you a Bulldogs fan? Yes,
6: I've yeah, followed them since uh, forty-five. I just wonder have they bought any size? because I'm in a nursing home now and I don't get a paper. And I wondered, of course, last season, they all looked the same size when I watched it on television.
2: Mate, they have bulked up, um, whether it be for this coming season or the season afterwards. Um, their their pack of forwards is going to be pretty pretty darn strong. Some are saying they're, they're a little bit weaker in, in the spine. You know, Harry, like the number nine, the seven and, and the one, but they got a fair bit of size. You've got Tevita Pangai Jr. coming there as well. Uh, Paul Vaughan will be be there too. Um, I don't think size will be a problem, Harry. Mate, thanks for your call, buddy. I appreciate it. We should send some of our newspapers out to you because we've got too bloody many newspapers here. I am have to climb over the top of them to get in the door.
6: <laughs> That's a problem.
2: <laughs> <laughs> We're cutting down too many trees. Harry, take care, mate, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thanks for picking up picking up the phone. A few of these text messages here coming through. Uh, uh, G'day, Chris. Uh, Nick Hockley has been at C- uh, Cricket Australia since 2015. He's hardly a responsible CEO, saying he knew nothing about pain until last week. Time for a new chief executive at, at, at Cricket Australia. Um, and JL to be extended, World Cup winner. Well, I'm with you on that, JL. To be extended, I certainly would agree with that. Um, whether they need another chief executive, but as for saying they knew nothing about it, oh come on, come on, come on, come on. We knew what was going on. Everyone knows what was going on. It's been, uh, it's basically been swept under the carpet, been swept under the rug. Uh, but unfortunately. Um, now it's all coming to light. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy 1170 is the open line number if you want to have your say. I'm taking calls now. We'll take a break shortly, but I'll take a couple more calls if you do want to jump on the line. Um, I think the current board and the current administration have something to answer for, and they admitted it, didn't they? It was almost a, well a bit of a Clayton's admission. They were saying, look, if this happened under our watch a few years ago, we would have sacked him as captain there and then. Well, you can't tell me you guys did not know what had gone on. Particularly when you have even more details coming out today, um, that the lady in question or the female in question—I don't—was um, was chasing some coin. She was chasing um, a bit of moolah as well to pay for the legal be- uh, fees, and that may well all be good. But also Tim's brother-in-law, he was punted, allegedly, from Cricket Tasmania for also engaging in, I understand, allegedly, to be lewd text messages with the same woman. Oh, just uh, the mind boggles, mind boggles. Uh, Shane is on the line, I believe. I think we've got Shane on the line. No, he doesn't want to go, okay, that's all right, Shane. You can don't have to go on him. I Some people don't like talking to me. That's the problem. I don't know why. I won't bite. Won't bite at all. Keep those texts coming through. If you do want to have your say, pick up the phone. Um, Chris Warren with you right up until midnight, the back hour of the show. I'm going to be playing a heap of uh, good interviews from this morning across uh, all programs, really. Uh, Jimmy Smith's program this afternoon, Vossi at breakfast, um, and mornings with Maddie White. Some good stuff. So I'll save all that up until the, the final hour, but still loads more to come on this edition of Higher Ground. And next up, we're going to talk a bit of motorsport. Well, time to talk a bit of motorsport now. and It's been a busy old weekend and in Sydney, certainly a wet weekend from the driver's seat. Matt McKeldon, and he'll be uh, driving at Bathurst too in, well, what, under two weeks' time from now. Maddie, thanks for joining us, mate, on Higher Ground.
3: My absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on.
2: Now, supercars, uh, it's all wrapped up. Uh, we know that now. Uh, Van Gisbergen is again the man, but I, I guess not the way you'd really um, want it to finish.
3: No, I, look, there, there, no one um, who was either putting on a helmet, uh, waving a flag, running a team, or in fact, even a crowd member wanted mm. to see what happened yesterday. The rain was just so relentless that there was there was so much standing water that ultimately it was decided that it was too dangerous to race. They mm. did a number of laps under the safety car before they were called in, and uh, then the, the race was abandoned, which ultimately gave Shane Van Gisbergen his second championship. He won his first in 2016, and he now becomes a two-time Supercars champion, which, uh, you know, mm. that's going to put him in some pretty high esteem.
2: If he hadn't have wrapped it up in the way he did, I mean, it would have been probably more interesting uh, going into Bathurst with the championship um, not already decided. Is it rare for, for the championship to be decided before Bathurst, or is that quite common? No, that's
3: common, um, particularly in the last couple of years with people mm. like Scott McLaughlin who have dominated yeah. um, the championship and Jamie up in the years prior to that. But, but also, don't forget this year, and particularly just during COVID, Bathurst has become the final race of the season only in those years. Typically, we're at Bathurst in October, mm. so... It's it's only sometimes wrapped up as we get there. Um, being the final round last year and this year, the grand final, so to speak, um, then it was definitely odds-on that it was going to be wrapped up. What we can now do is park the championship. It's done. It's mm. dusted. We know who's won it. What we need to do now is focus on Bathurst 1000 and who can be the Bathurst champion. And based on form at the moment, you'd have to think that's going mm. to be SVG and his... Uh, his esteemed co-driver, Garth Tander. So, you know, all the focus is now way off the championship. He's got the trophy. That's, that's great. Now, uh, Bathurst will be a, a big standalone event
2: for him. I'll talk more about Bathurst in a moment, but just back on, on Eastern Creek, it really was a tough few weeks, wasn't it, for the teams out there? And I've heard a few of them, and the, the, the team principals sort of speak, saying just how arduous it was um, back to back to back. Yeah,
3: four, look, four rounds in a row with the amount of maintenance that needs to be done on cars in between rounds, that's brutal. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's a really hard thing to achieve. I know it probably doesn't sound it, but mm-hmm. you know each one of these cars gets pulled down basically to a chassis and rebuilt again in between race weekends. Then you've got all debrief, you've got media, all that kind of stuff. So it becomes a very busy time. So four weeks in a row was arduous. It was difficult. The teams have been away from home, all except for Brad Jones Racing. Everyone has been away on the road, away from their homes. Um, but it was what we needed to do to get the, the, the championship done and dusted. So mm-hmm. it served its purpose, but it certainly was by no means the ideal scenario. It's just what we had to do to get a championship in.
2: So you've got Van Giersberg. Um, uh, again, he's, uh, he's on the podium, so to speak, uh, for the second time. So I think he joins about 12 or 13 others, at multiple mm-hmm. um, winners. And I saw it in the paper today, right? and, and, and And the headline was uh, he uh, he is now a Super League legend. Would you put Van Gisberg in in that category? Once you have have multiple titles, I don't know if he's he's a legend just yet.
3: Yeah, I kind of agree. I don't know whether he's a legend just yet. I think Mm. if he gets it three times, I think you start to get into legendary status. I mean, you've got to think of the people that have won these championships multiple times in the past. When mm. you think of extremely evocative names like mm. Peter Brock, Dick Johnson, Scott McGoughlin, Alan Moffat, all no. these, these are the names that we all
2: grew up with. Well, he's not in with. the conversation. So, not in the conversation yet.
3: He's not in the conversation. No. And now you even talk about Jamie Wincup. He's the GOAT. He's the mm-hmm. best ever. He's got seven championships. So when you compare him to someone like um, like Jamie, who's got seven, you go two
1: Hello? Are you a legend yet?
3: Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Let's see if he can get three and four. Uh, and then we'll we'll start having the conversation about legendary status. What mm. he is, is exceptionally good. His Absolutely. car control is unbelievable. He has got an unbelievable team behind him. There is every chance that he could go on to win three, four, maybe even five championships as he goes through. What he do- what how we will lose Shane Van Bank- Vangisbergen to our championship is the amount of media that he has to do because he hates media. Mm. He hates, he doesn't hate the media. He just hates doing media Mm. interviews, Mm. PR appearances. Just cannot stand it. All he wants to do is strap on a skid lid Mm. and go for a run. (laughs) Um, At some point in time, he'll get jack of doing all the interviews and he'll probably just go off and race in club racing in New Zealand or rallying or possibly even go overseas where the, the, uh, mm. the requirement of the time outside the car isn't
2: so strong. Talking to Matt McKeldin of the driver's seat, uh, you'll also be driving at Bathurst. I mean, it, it's a huge event, and it's part of the uh, you know, um, Australian sporting landscape. It's an iconic event, so it doesn't need... Um, it's almost a separate event, isn't it? It's a standalone to the Supercars Championship.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, even if you're not a motorsport fan, you know where Bathurst is, mm. and everybody... Um, that's got a TV, and who even has a passing interest in sport generally will watch the start. Then they'll go off and do whatever they do during the day, and typically mm. they'll sit down and watch the final ten laps of the race. So it is, I believe, and I may be being biased here, of course, but mm. there's that whole horse race thing where they say it's the race that stops a nation. I actually reckon this is the race that stops a nation. This is this is an iconic thing with a huge history big names involved, has a big crowd, Mm. um, and everyone knows and loves Bathurst, whether you're there for the whole six hours in front of it, like I used to be. um, Mm. Well, in the old days, it used to be about nine hours of TV. These days, Mm. it's about six. So whether you're in the front of that for the whole day or just for the 10 minutes at the start and just the 10 minutes at the the end, it it, it captures everyone's imagination. So it is a standalone event, and if you ask the drivers, there is a, Definite line between what would you rather, the championship or win Bathurst? Yeah, fifty percent of them will say a championship. Fifty percent of them will say I'd, i just want to win Bathurst because once you win Bathurst, then you are in rather esteemed company from there.
1: There
2: you go, re race that stops the nation. Uh, you're right. I get what you're saying there, and we can all relate to it because you know, most of us drive or will own a car or drive at some point. Where not many of us um, own a horse, or yeah, but yeah, quite a few of right. us do have a punt. Um,
3: and people who are travelling around Australia get a kick out of going round Mount Panorama mm-hmm. and sometimes dragging their caravans around the place as well. So everyone, because it's a public road, everyone just loves to go and have a drive around Mount Panorama. I can't remember the last time I jumped on a horse and ran up the main <laughs> straight at Flemington. <laughs>
2: uh, nor <laughs> I. Nor I. Uh, Bucks parties, are they, in- they included? Bucks parties or stag parties or whatever? Yeah. Um,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's
2: it. <laughs> Let's go, uh, um, Matty. Um, Formula One, uh, Lewis Hamilton, certainly not giving up on his chase for the F1 crown.
3: Oh, it's getting tight. This championship is one for the ages. This is... Motor- Formula One has been relatively pedestrian in the last couple of years because of the dominance of Lewis Hamilton. Finally Verstappen and Red Bull have been able to take the championship fight to Mercedes this year. It's ebbed and flowed throughout the year. One minute Maxi will have the lead, then Lewis and then Maxi and then Lewis. Mm. Controversy. Um, lots of protest, Lots of off-track politics. But we've got two races to go and the championship is tightening up. Lewis won again overnight. Absolutely dominated. He, he was just not there was no challenge to Lewis Hamilton last night in any way, shape or form. Probably the biggest note of interest or, or the circus right now is the off-track sledging between Red Bull and Mercedes. They are looking for every opportunity to protest each other's car. I think Red Bull's about to protest the rear wing on Mercedes. Mercedes is saying that it's all garbage. Mercedes protested the front wing of Red Bull throughout the year. But the two-team... Uh, the two team bosses are, are in press conferences, absolutely hammering each other. Mm. So it's not only on track that all the action's happening, it's definitely off track as well.
2: Absolutely. Well, Maddie, thanks for your time, mate. Um, driver's seat Wednesday from 8, correct? So our listeners will be tuning into that, uh, those that do love their motorsport. And if I don't talk to you um, again before Bathurst, good luck out there, mate, on the mountain.
3: Thank you, mate. I'm looking forward to it. I'm just looking forward to getting out of Queensland for a little while. So, yeah. uh, yep, 8 to 10, the driver's seat with Stevie J. Lots to talk about this week uh, around the country. And then, yep, both of us will be pressing on to uh, Mount Panorama he, in his TCM car and me in my Trans Am car. So if we don't talk between now and then, I'll catch you after.
2: All the best, Matty. Thanks again. I'm just looking out the, out the window of this studio, the higher ground studio, and uh, it's just basically me in here. So I've told you, mad Russian, he's gone missing. He went holding hands on, oh, Thursday or Friday, went down south with his lovely lady, who I've never met. Um, that's Well, that's by the by. But he hasn't been – I haven't heard from him. So I'm here on am Pat Malone. It was Pat Malone. Now, that's a story for another day as well. Um, I look out the back, though, and no looksie Brooks. He's still here. So he's working very, very late. At, but you can be sure that Brooks will be billing – he'll be billing Hutchie for his extra hours for sure. Anyway, we'll get him in here shortly. We'll talk a bit of bit of basketball because there's high drama, um, high drama in the NBA uh, today. So we'll talk about it with Brooksy in a moment. Um, I'm going to give uh, cricket a bit of a miss for a while. If that's all right with you guys, is that okay with you? If I just stop talking cricket for a bit, okay. We well, won't be for won't be for long. Be for long. Uh, we're going to talk more cricket before the night. He's out. And a bit later on, settled out, please, a bit later on in the show, I'm going to um, look back on a couple of interviews uh, that were on the uh, the station today. Breakfast with Vossi, um, Ivan Cleary was on there. We're going to listen to uh, to some of that a bit later on. And uh, former Aussie cricketer too, Gav Robertson. He joined Matty White this morning, so I'm going to play that back for you as well in the in the back hour of uh, the show. Uh, Daniel from Prairie Wood is listening in. Uh, welcome to you, Daniel. Thanks for joining us, mate. Uh, hi, Chris, I hope. And I'm just saying that uh, Brandon Smith, he's, as you all know, the, the cheese, he's done the rounds with a heap of NRL clubs, and his manager, <clears throat> excuse me, has basically said, look, throw your, give us your best shot, throw your best offer at us, so dolphins are trying to get him uh titans i believe are trying to get him they have been for a while canterbury were trying to get him i think well that's been going on for a while as well um but his last stop on this uh this whirlwind eastern seaboard tour i believe is at roosters coach trent robinson's house this week Robbo's having him over for dinner and i was asking earlier on in the show what do they have what's on the menu and Daniel from Prairie Wood says, G'day, Chris. I hope Trent uh, Robbo doesn't break the bank over dinner with Brandon Smith. Um, the hectic cheese, he, he strikes me as a steak and chips kind of guy. Washed down with a schooner or two. Oh, now you're talking, Daniel. What about a counter lunch? They still do counter lunches? What about those old the old pubs out in the country? You know the counter lunches? I remember when I was a kid, my, my, my dad used to love a counter lunch and I'd, I'd sit there and have one with him. I don't know if they still do them. Uh, plenty of good pub feeds in Melbourne. Maybe the allure of chicken shitties and palmies keep him at the storm. Uh, he's hoping anyway. Yeah, you want him to stay at the storm. Daniel, he won't be staying at the storm. He'll be there next year, but he won't be staying at the storm. I've said that for a while. They cannot afford to have two world-class hookers in the one <clears throat> squad under the one salary cap with Harry Grant already there. But thanks, Daniel. Thanks for your um, for your text, mate. Uh, and keep them coming through as well. All right, um, just before I go to the break, um, just on Josh Hodgson too. So his move to West Tigers, which we thought was going to happen, is on the verge of collapse. This is written by Paul Crawley today in The Telegraph. It's understood the Tigers have set a deadline of the close of business today. So that deadline's gone. So we might be hearing about this in the morning, whether or not Hodgson will be there or not. Uh, Tigers only want to pay him, they say, 500000 a season only. Come on. What? Only. 500 a season. Only. Yeah, no. know. Uh, wouldn't you like to have some of that? But given he's currently on a reported 850 large, well, that would still mean a significant pay cut for this coming season, although he has been paid already 70,000 Um for a month's work for his 2022 uh, salary at Canberra. All right, you might want to keep having you say, keep those text messages coming through. Brooks, he's out there and he's given me a big wind-up because he wants to get home and hit the hay. So uh, we'll talk some NBA next. You're listening to Higher Ground. (music) This is Higher Ground with Chris Warren. Well, time now on Higher Ground to uh, talk about uh, basketball. And there's only one man in the building, really, that you need to go to for uh, that. And that's no-looksy-brooksy. He's right across the NBA. They tell me over the weekend, though, he was was right across the thoroughbreds as well. He was going to join me on Sports Day when Missing in Action... Brooksy, mate, th- and thanks for staying back. I tell you what, you're burning the um, the midnight oil. What are you doing here so late anyway?
7: So we've got a big interview on Trailblazers tomorrow with Stephanie Brants with Caitlin Bassett. Uh-huh. So we've it's actually a large interview. They stayed here over an hour. I hope they're the 40, forty minute show. So we're doing a long version for the podcast. Yeah, forty four minutes for on air on eleven seventy SEN. So just going through that now. Oh, mate, I know, you're, burning. You're the, too good. I know. Well, I, I hope the bosses are listening. Well, I was meant to do Sunday. True. So I thought, you know what? Two birds with one stone. Absolutely. Do a good job on Trailblazers. No. Stay back for you, Chrissy Warren. No,
2: that's what I like about you. Reliable, you know? Reliable, yeah. It's a, it's, yeah, it's worth a lot, reliability. And the bosses know. Exactly. So uh, they'll be hearing this, surely. And they'll hear it on the bod- podcast knowing that you've put in the big hours tonight. <laughs> uh, before we talk uh, basketball,
7: NBA, what, uh, what happened at the week? Did you clean up? Yeah, it went down... Uh, when I spoke to you on Saturday, it was You're down on pub the, crawl, the Bellevue. Yeah, down oh, no, you Paddington. were the Lord Dudley, I thought. No, I was. I started there, huh? ended up at the Bellevue. Mm. Got some tips for a racetrack in WA for the late afternoon session. Ascot. Oh, they were <laughs> on fire. <laughs> they're, so, normally, they're normally only the get-out state. Yeah, I know, but just mm. every race. Pikey over there won six races. Sixty oh percent strike rate for Pikey, so yeah, we were riding Pikey hard, and uh, yeah, well, it was a great day. You're happy if you go missing next week. If you're going to line up and do yeah. an NBA cross,
2: if you happen to go missing again, can you just give me some of the mail because I'll, Chrissy, I'll Nelson, Chrissy Nelson, Chrissy Nelson. Gave us
7: some, my listeners on Sports Day yesterday, some tips. And... Maybe we can do a swap up. Nelson can do the NBA report and I'll do the horse racing. Why don't we do that? Just see how we go. Strike rates. Do that. <laughs> he can keep an eye on the NBA. <laughs>
2: now, I'm just going to play a bit of audio first, right? Because yeah. there's been some high drama, right? This high, was. High drama in the NBA today.
6: So, Ellington yeah. enters. Uh oh, we got Isaiah Stewart and LeBron. Isaiah wants some of them. Isaiah's not going away.
5: They called technical fouls because they
6: dusted up in the lane. This is sad.
2: Young man's going to get himself in big trouble with the league.
6: Especially, you can't go after somebody like that, especially.
2: All right, so I didn't see it live. I've seen highlights of it, LeBron James in, in, in hot water. Um,
7: rightly so. Intentional? What? Take us through it. Okay, so that was the Pistons broadcast uh, that we heard there. Mm. Have you watched the documentary Malice in the Palace? I haven't, no. Okay, so 20 years ago, yeah. big kerfuffle, Indiana, Detroit, fans came on the court. This is sort of a taboo thing in Detroit where... You know, big incident between the players. So what happened today was Isaiah Stewart, second year pro, coming up against one of the greatest of all time, LeBron James, dogs, in the fou- yeah. in the foul lineup, waiting for a free throw. They're both challenging the rebound, grabbing on each other. LeBron's tried to shake off Isaiah and basically punched him in the face. I think accidentally hmm. opened up Isaiah, elbow, blood everywhere. Elbow was it? What it was with wrist, the forearm, yeah. wrist? on the side, punched him right across the, across the nose. Drew the, Claret? Plenty of Claret. Yeah, well. So, yeah, the, that base audio was Isaiah being held back after pretty much going at LeBron um, post the punch. Mm-hmm. And then he then tried to try and get LeBron twice thereafter after being ejected. So the vision is quite funny but sad to watch. Uh, mm-hmm. This young kid, he's probably 20 years old, He's gonna get a few games suspension here. And mm. he was the one that basically got hit in the face. Yeah. Right. So it's just the afters. Uh Detroit fans will remember two decades ago what happened at Malice at the Palace with fans coming onto the court. There was no fans. You could just before we just after we cut out of that audio, you can mm. hear the PA going, please fans, do yeah, not yeah, yeah. enter the court. Because obviously the old skeletons from yeah. yesteryear. But yeah, it it was a sad thing to see. Both LeBron and Isaiah got um ejected from the game. Mm. Detroit were up by, I think, 14 at the time and ended up losing by three. The and they're Lakers... both going to miss some game time then, you reckon? I think LeBron will probably miss like one game mm. maybe for the punch, but I think Isaiah's going to be looking at five to ten games just because of the behaviour and yeah. the way that he behaved after it. So it's unfortunate to see. He's, he's actually a talented young big man in the Pistons that they drafted in the first round last year, so it's sad to see this. A lot of players have come out on social media and been quite outspoken about Isaiah's behaviour and it's not becoming of the league, particularly Mm. after them trying to stamp out that sort of stuff a couple of decades ago. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happened. Yeah, Detroit unfortunately lost the game 121-116. The young guys were playing really well up until that stage and then with LeBron out, Mm. Russell uh, Westbrook and AD, Anthony Davis dominated and basically got the win.
2: All right. What else happened today then? Other games of note?
7: Yeah, so Chicago beat New York, which is... Two of the teams that have been battling up the top of the East at the moment, Chicago just look really good. Those old Bulls fans from back Mm -hmm. in the day, the the ones that have stayed post-Jordan have really uh, earned their bandwagonism. So, DeMar DeRozan, I think we've talked about him before, Chris. He was at Toronto, went to the Spurs. He's been given a new contract at the Bulls. He had 31 points. He's combining Mm -hmm. well with their star, Zach Levine, who had 21. They're now 12-5 and and sit on top with the Nets with Patty Mills and Kevin Durant. So, they're they're looking really good. Like, for 17 games in, we thought maybe they might drop off a bit. They dominated in the fourth quarter, scoring 37 of their points. And, yeah, I I think Bulls fans can really consider them a real deal this year. I think Mm. they will challenge Brooklyn and Milwaukee for the top of the year. So, yeah, mm. could see the Bulls back in the NBA finals.
2: What else? Any other main headlines uh, ahead of maybe tomorrow's games?
7: Well, the big the big ones like we've just talked about the East there with the with Detroit and the Bulls, but two teams that won today. The Phoenix Suns have now won fourteen. Uh, sorry, 11, uh, twelve straight. Mm. They're thirteen and three now. They won by twenty nine points against Denver, who are being one of the better teams, but Denver missing their two stars. This, mm. this win streak from the Suns, you're seeing different players contribute every every game, every win that they've got. They had 22 points off the bench from one of their young guys who's a three-point shooter. Mm. And um, they're just getting contributions everywhere, which is great to see. They went against the Bucks in the finals it's last like year. It's like here, really, is it? No yeah, I. Yeah, exactly. No I. You know, I'm coming off the bench from Absolutely. drive, giving you a couple of what rebounds and assists. a couple of assists. I? Mate, you're the starting centre. You're holding <laughs> yeah. down the middle. Okay. But yeah, um Phoenix and also the Warriors won against Toronto. They're now fifteen and two. We've talked about them definitely a couple of times. The dubs? Yeah, the dubs. Steph only had twelve points because mm. he had some great performances from Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins. We talked about them on Saturday being some of the contributors. They had thirty three and thirty-two respectively. Like fifteen. Mm wins no Clay Thompson James Wiseman who was the second pick last year in the draft are to come back in this side mm. they're looking good they're looking good to have only two losses this uh or oh, not deep into the season but you know getting into like probably a quarter yeah. of the season nearly that's great I tell you who's looking good who's
2: flying yeah. and I don't know if this has come uh, if he's doing better than you thought he would be doing Josh
7: giddy uh, another yeah. another good performance yesterday yeah, he just like they went back to back. So they played Saturday and Sunday Australian time. And he's one of the key performers for them. I love being able to come on here and talk about Josh actually putting mm. up some decent numbers. Like it's remember back in the day when Shane Heal was over at the Timberwolves and you'd sort of see the report. and It's like, oh, Shane didn't play today. No. Or he got three minutes. Or yeah, yeah. he only came on for the yeah. last minute of garbage time. Yeah. Like he's legitimately playing like 30, 35 minutes a game. And this is great. I've it's said, quite
2: freakish, really. When you and not just Josh, but Paddy and, and and the Aussies yeah. that are over there, they're not they're not bit part players. No, they're they're key players in in their respective
7: teams. Yeah, and if Ben Simmons were like you know he was playing around, he'd be playing mm. solid minutes, regardless of what happened last year. Coming and from the, little old Oz, exactly. And we've sort of benefited from that NBL era, absolutely. Like where the imports have come over, like we saw Dante X and Ben Simmons. They're su- they're. Um, sons mm. of of imports mm. that came over and played in Australia. And I think that's just... That and they're year, coming out here now as well, grooming themselves yes. ready to go back into the NBA.
2: Exactly. And that's what... Like, we don't uh, mind being used as a springboard.
7: 100% we want to. We want to mm. sort of challenge the college game, right? That's where all mm. the young guys go because the college system, is they're told, mm. come here, you'll get your million dollars. We're not going to pay you. Natural
2: pathway. Yeah,
7: yeah we're not going to pay you, but you're going to go to Duke, you're going to go to North Carolina, you're going to get cred, you're going to get drafted and get mm. that $5 million. We've seen with Lamelo. we've seen with um, RJ Hampton, we're potentially going to see with a few others, Josh, last year, that that doesn't matter. You can come to the NBL, get paid, play against men – And it'll actually do you a service Mm. once you go to the NBA and you can hit the ground running and play straight away. And we've seen that with Lamelo, and definitely Josh the last two years. Mm.
2: All right, Brooksy, mates, thanks for staying
7: back. It's great to have company here, mate. Because uh,
2: Mad Russian's gone. He went missing holding hands. As Mad Russians do. Hasn't come back, right? So thanks for joining me, keeping me company. Um, Always good to talk and look forward to Drive tomorrow. We've got some um, big trailblazers.
7: Yeah, so Drive, we've got Andrew Webster, Paul Sirenin. We're going to do the best Mm. NRL Police team. So, oh, former players that were part of the force. Yeah, I like so, it. So, we've done Wharfies last week. I heard week. you do Wharfies last week. Yeah. And Cement we did Cement. Cement was in there, wasn't he? We did. We interviewed Darren Brown. Yeah. And the week before, we did Real Estate Agents. We had Timmy Moulton from the West Tigers. Oh. Did you have Ellsgood? No. We have had Didn't make Jack. It. We've had Jack before. <laughs> He did. I think he was on the wing or he was 14. Did you have tell
2: uh, Oh, South Sydney. Who am I thinking about now? Uh, oh, there's a
7: few South players in the, the team. Oh, this was a real. A Maven was in there too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, policeman. I think it sounds like, like we're going to have some Hall of Famers, maybe an immortal. Oh, okay. And one of the greatest coaches of all time, I think, will get that list. Wow. I'd, I'd be intrigued. I enjoy it. Let's see if people text in and text in what some... What other professions um, you, have you
2: done yet? You, know, you haven't. Just on warfare, there'll be policemen. Yeah. There'll be teachers.
7: And there'll be accountants. Yeah. There'll be accountants. Yeah, for sure. There'll be no
2: builders, I don't think. Potentially. Well, we'll see. We're, George Papanis would be the only doctor. The doctors. <laughs>
7: Wow. Yeah, we don't know. I think there's definitely, like, we call it themeless Tuesday instead of teamless Tuesday. So this is yeah. the way we we I'll, do the I'll teams on in. a Tuesday. I'll be listening. Um, so, yeah, in. Ciro and Andrew Webster is bringing out a book on the SCG. Yes, yes, Which is, is, is going to be great. So he's going to come on the show. Well, eventually.
2: he's going to join me yesterday on Sports Day. Oh, there you go. He brushed me. He
7: oh, said you've right. got him lined up yeah,
2: for, yeah, exactly. for Tuesday on
1: Yeah, exactly. Exclusive
2: on, on <laughs> Righto, no, out you go. You get home, mate. And uh, thanks again for joining us. Uh, you are listening to Higher Ground. All righty, time to talk some American football now. The quarterback is the man to do all of that. Now, he was supposed to uh, join me yesterday on Sports Central, but uh, like Brooksy, he he went missing in action. Um, we were going to do a preview yesterday, so we can't do that. Uh, we'll do a review, a review of week 11, uh, with all the drama and the hijinks of what, another Sunday, or, or should I say a Monday for us here down under of NFL football has uh, brought to us. Quarterback, um, good evening to you. Firstly, where? were you yesterday I, you went mia i well,
4: it wasn't exactly mia but i could have been chris i was out on a boat on Pitwater. oh dear and with the weather that it was i it could have been it could have been gilligan's island for all we knew so it was it was tough one it of my wasn't, favorites it was an enjoyable company but a tough outing
2: that wasn't that monstrous boat i saw on Pitwater, was it the one that was parked at the end of the wharf there looks like qe2 no that one? no i don't uh, I don't mix in those circles, Chris. I'm definitely... All right, footy then, footy. Sunday night football, uh, the LA Chargers were at home to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Should we start there? Yes,
4: yes, uh, the LA Chargers. So even though the second-year Bolts rookie quarterback in Justin Herbert, he's only three, tw- 23 years old, he shows maturity beyond his years. At one stage, LA was up 27-10, to 10, but the Steelers made a comeback in the fourth to take the lead 37-34. So then there was 33 minutes left on the clock. The Bolts looked to their young signal caller and he, did, he delivered big time. He threw a 57-yard game-winning touchdown to Mike Williams. And like you and I have discussed, some of these kids just eat pressure for breakfast. And moving on to uh, the Chiefs, continuing their return to form with a low-scoring win over the Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott, still clunky. Uh, but Mahomes started where he left off last week and the Chiefs held on to win 19-9. to The Cincinnati Bengals returned from their bye to put the Raiders away 32-13 with the Bengals' leading rusher, Joe Mixon, running for 123 yards as well as two touchdowns. Derek Carr, the quarterback for the, for the Raiders, finding it hard to get into a rhythm and the Raiders will continue to find it tough to win until he gets back into his groove.
2: And the Cardinals quarterback, they faced the Seahawks at their home ground, I think. Did they add another win to continue having the, the best record in the NFL? Well,
4: they did. They did. And it's a divisional playoff or divisional faceoff, I mm. should say, between those two teams. And without, again, the Cardinals without the key offensive personnel, wide receiver D-Hop or DeAndre Hopkins, as they know him, and quarterback Kyler Murray still out with that sprained ankle. Colt McCoy put his disastrous effort last week uh, out of his mind and which it was against the Carolina Panthers and played some pretty complimentary footy. The key was that the Arizona secondary really shut DK Metcalf, the 6'3", 105-kilogram wide receiver for Seattle. Mm-hmm. Now, Russell Wilson could not get cooking as a result and the Seahawks' cut season continues with their record going to 7-3 and three and not... Looking like taking part in January 40, which is finals football. So another team that hasn't started well and then it is both in that uh, that same division is the San Francisco 49ers. And now they've put a couple of on the trot. They've put a couple of wins on the trot together, and they travelled across the country to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. And under the helm of rookie coach Urban Meyer and rookie QB Trevor Lawrence, the Jags never looked likely. The Niners stuck to the game plan that beat the Super Bowl contenders last week in the Rams and uh, it worked a treat again. They pounded the rock up the middle and uh, got them a lot of convertible third down distances which allowed Jimmy Garoppolo to dunk dunk his way down and move the chains down the field slowly. So he sucked some time off the clock, took the energy right out of the opposing defence and again, Debo Samuel, right receiver come running back, is putting his name in the frame for a possible MVP year but Another crack of a game, scoring another mm. TD and rushing grade in the 89 yards. Niners blew the hapless Jags out of the water 30-10. to 10. And again, I'll stay with the, the NFC, Chris, if I can. Um, one of the oldest rivalries in the NFL saw another chapter today when the Packers of Green Bay, led a lame Aaron Rodgers, with a bit of turf toe, travelled across the lake to take on the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings have struggled to hold on to this. Many leads this year and have been beaten... In the second quarter, but in and, and in this game, they gave up multiple thirteen-point advantages, and so the game, um, this game, was really about the clash of the two best wide receivers in the game of all—two of the best—with Devontae Adams from Green Bay putting up 115 yards uh, receiving, and then Jefferson, an impressive 169 for the Vikes. Um, absolute nail biter to the end, and where both Kirk Cousins, the Vikings QB, and Aaron Rodgers both making big plays, just want mm. to look like they were gonna to have to turn the ball over on downs. In the end it came down on a missed field goal from Max Cosby of Green Bay. He's a mistake this year, Chris. And um the winning kick being nailed by Greg Joseph from Minnesota for them to win thirty four thirty
2: one. You talk about turf toe, I reckon that'd be a pretty common injury over there, all like on the you know the hard the synthetic pitches and all that sort of stuff. Um don't hear too much about but, it
4: though. Yeah, um, it's um it's almost they call it um well, it's it's a continual bruising of the toe, so it's almost mm. like bursitis of the toe, right? So your knuckle of your toe and um, gets uh, incredibly painful. A lot of yeah, a lot, of, a lot, lot of the AFL, a
2: lot of the AFL boys get struck down with it. Move on, mate, because uh, we're running a little bit short time here. Buffalo yep. Bills quarterback, I'm hearing they're in a, in a bit of Barney Rubble.
4: <laughs> it's official, they're in Barney Rubble today. Mm. They went down to a Carson Wentz led. Indianapolis Colts, uh, they won... Indianapolis won 41-15. Josh Allen, whose name was mentioned pre-season uh, as a possible MVP candidate, is in a form slump, and you know he can't help but find the, the opposition secondary. And what I mean by that, he just keeps on throwing um, interceptions. He threw another two today, and it is the single biggest defeat by a Josh Allen-led Bills team. All right.
2: Anything else... Um... That caught your attention, maybe surprised you.
4: Yeah, look, um, the Titans or the AFC front runners were beat by the Texans, twenty-two to thirteen, and the Bears. The, the Bears, led by rookie QB Justin Field nearly pulled off a victory over the Ravens. But yeah, they look, they were out. They were without Lamar Jackson, but still, it was close. And it's as we continue to go on towards December, January, it's going to be a cracking home to the playoffs, Chris. I, mm. I for one cannot wait. We've got Thursday Turkey Day, uh, football, Turkey three Day games on Thursday. Yeah, Turkey Day, Thanksgiving. So on Friday we'll have three more games to look at. Um, so that'll be it. That's a big day over in the states, mate. Turkey Day. Turkey Day. No, a couple of my
2: listeners like Toolman, Man. They be they be thinking Wild Turkey. Oh, no, he's a he's yeah. a he's a Bundy man. Yeah. All right, champ. Uh, that was Week 11. Uh, look forward to talking to you uh, next Monday if we can, maybe, buddy. Um, and uh, we'll look back on Turkey Day and a whole lot more.
4: Sounds good, Chris. Thank you very much.
2: Great stuff. There he is. The quarterback. You're listening to Higher Ground.
1: Welcome to Higher
7: Ground with Chris Warren. I found
2: Yeah, still here, folks, and I'm glad you're still there as well. hope you're uh, enjoying that. Uh, look, you know, I know rugby league is, is my bread and butter. I love cricket as well. Um, basketball, I take it a passing interest in the NBA, but loads of people do love it. And likewise with the NFL, loads of people love that as well, like uh, like the quarterback we just heard from and Brooksy before that as well. Uh, good to chat with Brooksy and, and, you know, they're rugby league guys too, but... They um, they really enjoy their American sports, which is great because a lot of people do. So um, I hope you got something out of that. Might have had a little giggle along the way. You're here at Brooksy tomorrow. So what have they got? He was saying it's normally like in NRL season, we have teamless Tuesday, don't we, when the teams come out. But they're doing during the off offseason, um, him and his larrikins on there, uh, Joel and Fletch, they're doing uh, – what is it? Themeless Tuesday. So last week on Tuesday, they had a Wharfies 13. And there's a stack of former NRL players working out on the wharves. Um, a stack of them. So basically, I think it's a bit of a... It's a buddies club, isn't there? An old mate's club. Need a job? Come out here? Yep. Any good? Perfect. Cement Gillespie? Yeah. Can he do that Of course he can. Good fella. Bring him in. Steve Maven? Yeah. Good Good worker? Oh, mate. Work. Darren Brown? Yes. So <laughs> out they go, and they all just um, they all just hang out there together. And I'm sure they work very hard. But uh, yeah, so what are they going to do tomorrow? They're going to do a, a police force theme list Tuesday with uh, they got Ciro on the show, Paul Serodun, who was a cop. Oh, you wouldn't mess with Zero, would you? And you know he'd have the gun in the holster as well, plus the badge. Wouldn't mess with him. Um, I reckon there'd be plenty of cops. Plenty of coppers have, um, you know, gone from being in the police to NRL and, and vice versa, going in retirement. Probably few may have gone or or reserve grade players like I was. Um, I never never thought of going into the force. Real estate agents. So I know a couple of those. And I was uh, I was trying to think of who I was talking about. Bo Champion. He's he's in real estate these days. You know, from South Sydney. Bo Champion with the probably the best name ever for rugby league. Bo Champion. Um, or is Bradman Best? Is Bradman Best a better name than Bo Champion? Food for thought. Mark Bryant, uh, I'm sure he won a premiership, didn't he? Manly uh, front rower. He's up on the northern beaches doing really good stuff in real estate as well. And I was saying, but doctors, could you field a team of doctors? No, no way in the world. You might be able to put a team together of um, medical professionals you know, because I reckon quite a few players would have gone into medical, a medical profession like physiotherapy. I played with one, in fact, and he was actually the team physio and the team fullback, Andrew Leeds, at Western Suburbs, way back when. And while I think of it, I played with another who, yeah, medical profession, um, Bob Lidner. Bobby. So he was an optometrist. Righto. So they both go in. Then you have Canterbury hooker, Georgie Paponis And um, my brother pointed out to me, he dropped me a text, Dr. Nathan Gibbs. So we've got a few. I reckon we could quite easily have a medical, a medicos, team of medicos, but not uh, certainly not a team of doctors. Uh, Chris, uh, 0457 736 736, by the way, is the, uh, the uh, text line. Chris, read the polarising November 1 date, there are always two sides to the story. While one fan, and this is about, you know, um, this is about Viliami Kikau and, and going to Canterbury the year after next, so he's still got a season to run at Penrith, and this has been happening for years now, where players sign with another club, but they've still got a year to run on their current contract. And, you know, I guess there's two schools of thought. I'll read this text out in a moment, but is it a good look for the for the fans at Penrith? Army kick kicker knowing that he's going he'll be going do they still are they still endeared to villiami like they always were i guess they probably are will Billy Army kick out and others for example will will he be able to focus on the job knowing he's he's already locked in to go elsewhere will he still give his best for his current club i guess he will um and i don't know is there a perfect solution so I'm not going to be too critical of something unless I can come up with a better answer. But I'll just go through this. So, um, and there's no name on this, but you know who you are. Uh, you end in 157, your your, your text your phone number. Uh, there are two sides to the story. While one fan is frustrated losing a player, another fan is happy they've secured talent for the future. Okay, You're making sense so far. The wheeling and dealing of contracts is part and parcel of the game. I agree. As a Storm fan, I knew Josh Adokar was heading back to Sydney for about two years. It wasn't ideal, but it just made you savour every appearance in purple that little bit more. Free agency or trade windows won't stop the 24-7 year-round speculation, and, and I don't necessarily think there is a better alternative. As the Rugby League Players Association has stated, they believe current freedom of movement is an important right to protect, particularly when a player's career is finite and can be significantly impacted from one week to the next because of injury. And it goes on to say that November 1 date, love it or hate it, it's it's part of the rugby league news cycle and and good for the NRL. Well, you know what? I really wish you had to put your name on that. Um, it's a really well-written uh, text and piece of correspondence. Um, well put together, well thought out, and... And, you know, I, I do agree with you. I, I'm one always saying, come on, there's got to be a better system. But, okay, maybe it is just part and parcel of it. Suck it up. Get used to it. That's the way it's going to be done. Um, maybe maybe I've been looking at it the wrong way. But thank you for, for pointing that out, uh, whatever your name is. And, and to everyone else, by the way, who have uh, sent text messages through this evening, I do appreciate it. It's kept me company um, because, as you well know, I probably – Bounce off Mad Russian, um, generally when he's here. Uh, If it's not him, Cowboy Dan, he comes in and we we bounce around together. Um, But anyway, I do appreciate all those texts that have come through. I hope I've – well, I haven't read them all. Wombat, I haven't got to yours, but you are listening. You've probably gone to bed by now, mate, I reckon. Um, But, yeah, it's all about interaction. I'll be doing it again on Wednesday, by the way. So, uh, what are we, Wednesday? I think it's 10 till midnight. And away we go, and they'll be back in the chair on Saturday and Sunday for a couple more editions of uh, of Sports Central. Oh, that's a they're good, are good. It's good fun. It's it's a long shift to those four hours, but loads of sport on over the last couple of uh, of weekends, and and certainly makes it uh, fly by. While I want to talk about Pat Cummins before. Um, before we go to the next break. And then after the next break, I'm going to rewind and have a look at a few of the uh, the good interviews from uh, across this morning. One of them uh, is with Ivan Cleary on Breakfast with Vossi. Just before I get to Pat Cummins and some opinion on whether he's the right man uh, for the next test captaincy, what I want to... Uh, did you know uh, on this day, yeah, there's a birthday, It's a heap of birthdays, but one jumps out for me uh, 1967, on the 22nd of November, 1967, a great tennis player was born, yeah, his name, Boris Becker.
1: You cannot be
2: serious! John, I am. Boris uh, was born on this day, 1967. John, what age would John McEnroe be? He'd be a bit older, wouldn't he? Yeah, he'd be older than, than Boris. I reckon about five years older, or, or maybe even more. Also on this day, right, 2003, oh, do you really want to hear this? Yeah, you do. Johnny Wilkinson landed that field goal in the final minute of extra time to give England a dramatic 2017 World Cup final win over Australia, Rugby, World Cup, Rugby Union World Cup. Can you remember that? I was over in England at the time. Uh, Johnny Wilkinson. So the match was heading into sudden death after Wilkinson and Elton Flatley swapped penalties in extra time. But Wilkinson's drop goal sealed them the victory. That was on this day, 22nd of November 2003. I see Usman Khawaja uh, or Travis Head appear to be battling it out for the number five uh, spot uh, in the Australian team. Ricky Ponting has uh, backed... Uzi, to make a test return for the Ashes, saying he's in our top six batsmen in the country. Punter has also uh, had his say on Pat Cummins as the next captain.
7: Oh, I think it's Pat. I think Pat's um, going to do it. Um, you know, I think there'll be some probably some chat around whether it should be Smith going back into that role for the last few years of his career. Um, that'll probably come down to whether... You know, it's one if Stephen wants to actually go back and do that again or if he just wants to finish his career as a, as a player. Um, it might also be what Cricket Australia think is right and what the, what the public actually believe is the right thing to do. Whether the public would actually allow him to, to come back and captain Australia again is, an, is another is another conversation. So, But I think right now, I think, you know, Pat, he's, he's a terrific guy, obviously, on top of his game. Um, Presents himself really well, really, really well respected by the public and by all the players. Most importantly, and um, I think he'd do a good job if he actually does take it on.
2: Well, there he is. There's punter, and you've got to listen to him, don't you? That was on Hollow Sport and Punters and Dribblers podcast as well. Steve War has also backed it. Um, I can't go through all of that, but there's been loads of people backing Pat Cummins. Ian Healy's done the same as well. They know a whole lot more um, than me. So it looks like Pat Cummins will be uh, our next test captain. As I say, I think... I think Steve Smith would be um, the way to go. But that is me. Well, that just about does it for me. I hope you've enjoyed the, the past uh, three hours. Thanks to everyone that got involved uh, via the, the text line and to my uh, my special guest, Lockie McCurdy from uh, Code Sports, uh, Maddie McKeldon from Driver's Seat. You can hear more of Maddie uh, on Wednesday night. Brooksy, no-looksy Brooksy, talking NBA and the quarterback as well, uh, talking NFL. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the show. I'll join you again later in the week on Wednesday. Until then, keep smiling. Bye for now.